Hello, may I welcome you to episode 20 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest joined the family business 20 years ago, having left the legal profession to start a family. We discuss how she found working in a male-dominated industry, how the new norm of working from home will affect the commercial relocation industry, what accreditations mean to a company, her challenges to date, her high point, the change she would make to the industry and where she sees her company over the next five years. And as always, we end with a funny moving story involving Margaret Thatcher and a union card. My guest this episode is Sarah Cole, Managing Director of Universal Commercial Relocation. Enjoy. Good morning, Sarah. How are you today? I'm very well, Colin. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you very much. Can you tell everyone about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Okay, so I'm Sarah Cole, and I'm the Managing Director of Universal Commercial Relocation. We're a commercial moving specialist. We're based down in Greenford in Greater London, and we've been around since 1978. So we're a second-generation family SME company. I joined the industry after leaving the legal profession, so I will be in the profession 20 years next year. I joined back in 2002. And how did you get started in the industry? So I had been a lawyer. I had been a commercial property specialist for several years. And in 2001, my husband and I started our family. And I had been a solicitor up in the city of London for quite a few years. And I decided I wanted some time out from that to sort of be at home with my my new baby and to just have a break from that career. And after a few months, my parents, who were running Universal, offered me a sort of a part-time role because they knew I didn't want to go back to sort of the hours and the the time commitment that my profession had taken of me. So um, I was very interested in that. uh, And I joined at the start just literally one day a week. So I was just helping with any in-house legal support, a little bit of HR, anything along the employment law side of things. And I really enjoyed it. And then as my daughter got older and started nursery and things like that, my sort of time and commitment to the company sort of increased. And I was allowed to have free reign to just kind of hopefully step in and support in various areas of the business. So it was a very sort of organic development within the organization for me. I really enjoyed it. I was very happy to kind of step into the business world and away from the legal world. I had enjoyed my time as a lawyer, but actually it was always the business side of being a lawyer that I enjoyed the most. So this opportunity to work within the family business was very exciting for me. I already knew a lot of the personnel from, you know, growing up. And my parents started this business in 1978. So, you know, I knew the business already. I knew the people in the business. So it was a very natural step for me to hopefully sort of become part of it and work within it. And then my role just grew and grew. So then I became the sort of quality and legal manager within the organization. So our company, even back then, had sort of embraced the idea of getting quality accreditations for the organization as a way of selling itself and and sort of making sure it, it was doing the very best job it could. But we had the support of an external auditor and consultant in that. So I sort of became the dedicated person within the organization to sort of oversee that and, and uh, see it through within the business. And then just over time, as my parents were more interested in sort of 
maybe retiring, sort of taking a bit of a break, putting their feet up a bit more, which was well deserved, then my role just became more senior till ultimately I became managing director. And my parents were sort of able to semi-retire and, and it went from there, really. So um, I'm now the managing director of both the universal commercial relocation side of the business, which is the removal side, and also ISS, which is our document archiving side of the business, which started in 86. My mum organised and set that up and ran that. She was the managing director of that for many years because they saw a business opportunity working for a lot of banks and law firms, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, seeing all this paper archiving at this stage that they still held on to very much so. And they thought, well, you know, why don't we set up an archiving side to the organization that we can support our clients with? As trusted suppliers, a lot of our clients were very happy for us to do that. So I'm the managing director of that. And they sort of sit alongside each other under the same roof at RHQ and Greenford. So can you tell everyone about your company and the services it offers? So we specialize in office removals. We don't do domestic or international. My dad's background in removals was from the 70s. So he started out uh, setting up his own little transport company. He was an HGV driver and he wanted to do removals. And at the start, he was subcontracting for companies like Bullens and Vanguard, who were sort of doing commercial removals and other types of removal work. And their names from the past as well. Exactly, exactly. And then my dad sort of saw an opportunity. He wanted to set up his own business rather than working for others. And he also saw that there was an opportunity to set up a sort of a specialist niche office removals business and work for himself. So we've always sort of kept to that. So our real core is about commercial removals and um, all of our staff are very focused on that type of work, primarily within London. We're quite London-centric. We do go elsewhere in the UK, but um, our primary focus has always been sort of central London office removals of all sizes for both public and private sector. And as time has gone on, you know, the breadth of our services has extended. So, you know, we do all sorts of add-on services, which hopefully add value for our clients. So as I mentioned, the document archiving, but then we do a lot of specialist IT services, a lot of decommissioning and recommissioning around IT removals. We do increasingly more furniture installations, so our clients need support in actually setting up new furniture systems within their buildings, and we assist with that. So our people are now technically trained to fit. We help more with environmental clearance as well. We're finding increasingly as our clients move, they're taking less physical filing, so there's less requirement for crates and things like that, but there's more requirement for moving out existing systems of furniture and either reconfiguring them or environmentally recycling them and installing new systems. So we see that as an opportunity to just, you know, always fit in with what our clients need. I mean, my parents' focus when they set up their business was also always to be client-led in terms of what companies needed from us. So we've always tried to adapt our services and, and grow with our our clients as they change and they evolve and they need different things. And we always try and do that. And that's the same situation now, even more so now after the year we've had, that we always have to evolve as our clients' office change to sort of keep up with what they need and how we can support them and hopefully deliver value for them. So yeah, so we're not only about removals, we do lots of other things. We do move management, we do file mapping, we help our clients with furniture audits where they're looking at the furniture within their estate and assessing it and seeing if they can actually reuse it in support of the sort of circular economy approach that a lot of our clients want to take to be as sustainable as possible when they move. 
So there's all sorts of areas that we get involved in beyond the, the sort of the physical relocation. So, you know, we're always changing and developing ourselves just as our clients are really. What size of company is Universal? Like how many trucks do you run? Operational staff do you have? Well, what are we talking number wise? So we have a full-time staff of around 25 and we run a fleet of about eight vehicles ranging in size from 18 tonners down to sort of the transits and the low loaders. So quite, quite a range really. How is the archive storage industry these days? Is everything going more digital? It is. There is still quite a large requirement, though, for the physical storage side of things. So, yes, you know, we are finding that clients are moving across to digitization. But then, you know, there are certain sectors, you know, law firms, banks, organizations like that, certain public sector organizations that still need to keep at least some core physical paperwork. So, you know, there is still the market there for us. But yeah, there is a sort of um, an increased focus on digitizing at least an element of paperwork within an organization. But for a company like ourselves, an SME, you know, we feel that there is still, you know, a good, strong market out there. And it's a sort of a different option to some of the very, very large providers where it's a very kind of hands-on sort of personal service. So, you know, we're still finding that we've got that ongoing sort of flow of work coming in on that side of the business. So, yes, it is. But you know, like everything else, it is it is changing. And, you know, it's just something that we just have to keep up with and, and respond as our clients change, really. It's a nice feather in the cap there to have archive storage when you're dealing with commercial moves, because if companies are moving, then they've got all this documentation to farm it out into another warehouse it is great. It saves them on rental space, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, we own our own facility in Greenford, and both sides of the organisation are within it. So, you know, our clients can be storing their office storage site on one side in the universal part of the warehouse. And then we have a separate compartmentalized bit, which belongs to ISS. I I think as going back to my parents starting up that side of the business, I think they recognized that they were always very focused on building very strong client relationships with their counterparts in these companies. And the service was key. And they recognized that, you know, clients, when they had that established relationship of collaboration, were very happy when companies like ourselves were able to turn around and say, well, don't worry about that. You know, we can support you with that service. And they think, great, because we know Universal, we trust Universal, we know how they work. It's one less thing for me to worry about. So we helped them to manage the risk, to mitigate the risk by taking that off as well. And it was an extra revenue stream for us as a business. So it was a win-win for us and hopefully for our clients too. And, that you know, that's the approach we've always sort of tried to take. How have you found life in what is considerably a male-dominated industry? (laughs) I've enjoyed it very much. I've never found any challenges with that. Yes, obviously, because of the nature of the work that we do, the operatives are predominantly male. But I very much enjoy working within my team. I've never felt any disadvantage or in any way, you know, challenged by that. I would say that actually... When you go to things like bar conference, on the face of it, you think there's a lot of men in this industry. But interestingly, when we started entering the Commercial Mover of the Year Award, and we were fortunate enough to be sort of nominated as finalists, you know, they would quite often have an event on the Saturday of the conference where the representative, the lead applicant for the competition would go up and accept their finalist certificate from the director general. And of the five commercial moving companies that were nominated in a particular year, four of the recipients were female. 
Excellent. And, you know, and I, and I realised that actually, although women weren't coming forward, so that if you looked at the, you know, the face of bar and the face of people participating in the various councils was predominantly male. Actually, you know, there were a lot of women in management roles and senior roles within these organisations. A lot of great removal companies are family led family-based. Yes. It's one of those yeah. industries that sort of, you know, goes through the generations. And so inevitably, there are great, you know, husband and wife teams, you know. Oh, yeah. And, definitely. you know, like my parents were and many others that I see around me. Uh, so there are a lot of women leading these organizations. And I think, you know, I would encourage women to get more involved in things like the bar initiatives, because again, my time working in bar with CMG, I've been a counselor on the Commercial Moving Group Council for many years now, and was fortunate enough to be chairman for two years and vice chair for two years. And for most of that time, I was the only woman on the council, and I still am. And it would be great if more women came forward and participated in those, because I've always been very welcomed I've enjoyed my time hugely in that and being able to contribute and participate in the wider sort of industry initiatives and, and the work that Ian Studd and his team are doing in Watford at Bar. So what I would say is there are actually a lot of women out there working in removals very successfully, but I think it is important for more women to hopefully be seen as the face of, of removals. I find the typical profile of a lot of our clients now is actually female. So, you know, we're working with a lot of office managers, facilities managers, estate managers. And increasingly, there are a lot of women in those professions. So I think it's, you know, it's very encouraging for more women to be get, becoming involved and proactive in commercial removals to, to sort of reflect that, really. The Spice Girls would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Since the pandemic, corporates have finally come to realise that staff are able to work from home. And without the need for daily commuting, they have become more productive too. On February the 24th, Noel Quinn, CEO of HSBC, announced to cut in office space of 40% due to a very different style of working than before. Are you seeing a change in commercial relocation at all? And as a company, are you looking to expand your opportunities and therefore look into the domestic moving industry? Well, I think even before the pandemic started, we had seen sort of larger organisations that we work with sort of looking more carefully at the office space they were occupying and how they were using it. I think they were looking at it from two points of view. They were looking at the productivity element because they knew that a lot of the workspace that they were offering their staff probably wasn't optimised and as a result was impacting on the organisation's productivity. And I think they were also thinking about it from the well-being point of view, because they knew maybe staff weren't very satisfied with the current setup for how they were working and where they were working. You know, people wanted to have flexibility. People wanted to be able to work from home more. People didn't want the, the commute. And also companies were thinking about it from the sustainability point of view. It made sense that if they could reduce the time traveling for their people who were happier, if they could be more productive at home, it was a win-win for everybody. And Absolutely. also they could cut down on their estate costs. I mean, our, our sort of clients occupying central London spend a huge amount of money on the on these these vast amounts of office space that they occupy up in town and in other big cities across the UK. So it was something that was in the mind of a lot of these companies before the pandemic. I think the problem was that, you know, it was such a big, huge ask to do almost like a, a stress test on it to the scale that they needed to do. Uh, it was too risky to sort of put the business continuity plan to, to check and see if it actually worked. And the pandemic made us all do that. It forced us all to go and work from home and to not come literally into the office overnight. anymore, literally overnight, on a huge scale. 
and leave the office behind. And so I think it's it's helped FMs and people running organizations because they've now done that check and they've done that test and they can see that productivity can improve, that staff can feel happier about it, and there are many advantages to it. I think ultimately companies will look to have a hybrid solution to this. I don't think companies will go back to the way it was. I think they will be continually trying to improve the workplace offering. So we'll probably shrink the physical space, but we'll still have separate office options for their staff to go to and participate in, but afford their staff hopefully more flexibility about how they want to do their work. So, you know, I think especially for the younger elements of the workforce, there are so many positives to coming together in a workplace away from your home office. There's that sense of collaboration, of learning on the job, learning from being around other people in your organization. That best will in the world, you can't, I don't think, quite get in the same way working remotely. There's the social side, especially, as I said, for younger people. I made many great friends through my time working together with teams in offices. And also, especially younger people maybe don't have the physical space at home to, you know, have a dedicated office. You know, they can be sharing home with, you know, a few other people. So, you know, the office is um, is a great option if it's a comfortable, productive, welcoming place to work. So I think that there will always be a place for an office. And hopefully at the end of all of this, it will be somewhere that is more flexible and better suited for all staff, but is definitely there for staff to come to. And hopefully they can kind of find their own fit. And I think companies will spend a lot more time assessing productivity. And that's going to have to be a lot more dynamic and a lot more clever in terms of measuring it so that they can really assess the impact on the organization. You know, I'm not concerned from my point of view. We have seen moves shrink in any event over many years. The point I was talking about earlier, you know, 20 years ago, the vast amount of desking you were moving from A to B, the vast amount of crates of packed files that you were moving, that's all disappeared. You know, we can now go into companies and be moving two, 300 people and have very little physical stuff to move from A to B. So, yeah. uh, and that is why we have, you know, moved into other areas supporting clients with, you know, the furniture installation and all the other work that we do, the move mapping, the move planning, because the profile of that had already changed anyway. So I think now we will be still supporting our clients, but a mix of moving to maybe sort of smaller, more remote office spaces. So not necessarily just one huge HQ in the middle of a big city. And also we'll be supporting our clients, which we're already doing by supporting those who are working from home. Because I feel personally, as time goes on, there'll be more health and safety considerations, stronger sort of proactive support will have to be put in place to make sure people working from home have still got the right sort of physical infrastructure to support them and everything else. So, you know, we're supporting delivering in IT requirements as to a desk or an office chair, which is better for them from the DSC point of view. So all sorts of things. So Yes, I think it's going to it's going to evolve. I think it had already started to evolve, and hopefully, at the end of it, people will be having a more productive and, and happier time working with a bit more flexibility. But companies will still need to be able to keep that sort of sense of the, the common ethos of the business and the common identity of the business. And I think a lot of companies will have to work hard on establishing that when you have got a more disparate workforce. If people don't start coming back into sort of a physical workplace together. I don't think office blocks will ever disappear. No. I just don't think they will. No. Whether people work from home four days a week and come in one day a week or twice a month, I still think you need to bring people in. You can't have the same chats around the coffee machine as you have exactly. at home because you've got no one to talk to at home. Exactly. Apart from the dog. No, exactly. 
the novelty will wear off a bit. And I think people will be will be, feel very positive about that, of going back in and, and being alongside other team members and working alongside them. Because I think we all we do all need that social contact, that, that sort of physical contact working alongside people as well, but with hopefully more flexibility built in than we used to have before. But do we? People of our age, our generation, we're, we're so used to being social and that. But the youth of today that are coming through, they're, they're, all they do is they, they play their Xboxes and they look at their <laughs> iPads and they don't go out anymore. You don't see anybody going out and enjoying. I mean, the, today the sun is shining. You just don't see 15, 16, 17 year olds out. They're just stuck indoors. I mean, do they want to go into an office and socialize with people or would they benefit more from staying at home? I, th- I mean, I personally think that's all the more reason why we do need to have those options available for the younger workforce, that they have to come out and socialize and, and learn those sort of social skills and those ability to teamwork and to work alongside other people. And I think they do want, I do, I think they do want that. I mean, I know my, my own children, I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son, and they've been working from home because universities closed down and schools yeah. closed down at the moment. And um, I know they're really looking forward to going back to their place where they can be working alongside and socializing alongside their friends, really. And when they have the free time, they'll go out for a, a walk down to the river or something because they do need to be getting out and, you know, seeing other people and being with other people. So I'm confident that they will. I mean, if I think about it, when I was in my 20s, work was a social life for you as well. You know, when yeah, you went out absolutely. in the eve, you went out in the evening, yeah. you know, uh, you made friends that way. You might have met yeah. your partner that way. So uh, you met up with other friends who were working in town. So I think it's really important to always have that. And I, I think young people do need that and will want that. I hope so, Sarah. I hope so. <laughs> Accreditations. Yes. Universal maintains many accreditations. How important are these in the commercial relocation world? And I also see that you've won, and you did mention it, Commercial Mover of the Year three times. So what does that mean to your company? So for the accreditations, that's always been very important to us. As I mentioned, even before I joined the business, my parents had invested the time and money to get the British standards in 9001 quality. And we're looking at 14001, which was environmental. And then when I joined, I sort of personally took over kind of running the management systems in support of those accreditations. And then we also moved into 18001, what's now 45001, which is health and safety, which is a big standard. And then the BS8522 which is the specialist standard in commercial moving, which the commercial moving group were instrumental in developing with BAR. And I think they're fundamental, really, because there are a lot of companies out there that offer office moving and they do other types of moving. But I mean, I feel it's a very specialist area of work if done well. And I think that when a company is looking to find a commercial mover, I think they should be looking to source somebody who is in CMG, who has BS8522, because These days, our clients are all about managing the risk and office moving is business critical. The types of work we do, you know, we're moving law firms, we're moving banks who on the Monday, they have to reopen again at nine o'clock or whatever time it is. Their servers can't be broken. You know, the desking can't not be in place for the the dealing because otherwise it's a huge damage to the brand for the company. It's a loss of productivity. It's potentially a huge cost and financial cost. So the type of work we do is business critical. And so therefore, appointing someone who has got the BS8522, in my mind, helps them to manage the risk. So when we're trying to win work, we very much try and promote that we have these accreditations. And I know myself, when I'm sourcing a supplier of a service to our organization, I am looking for companies that have got accreditations 
because they're important. And also when you go through procurement exercises on large attenders and public sector, a lot of them are looking for those accreditations and other things such as FOURS, which is the Fleet Operators Recognition Scheme in London, which is progressively more and more important to companies to show that you're being sustainable and how you're delivering your services. So they're key to us and we'll always be committed to those. In terms of Commodity, we started entering only a few years ago, really. And actually the process is pretty straightforward. And I would encourage everybody in CMG to enter commodity. And we, we've been delighted to win. It's lovely for our staff. It's a great pat on the back for them. You know, they work very hard and, um, you know, they're out on projects all the time. And it's wonderful for them to come back and to see that they've won this award. We immediately had the, the uniform change. So it said on the back of their tops, you know, commercial mover of the year. Now, oh, brilliant. And we gave them extra leave and, you know, we had a celebration. So it was, it was a way of trying to sort of acknowledge their huge contribution to our company. And it is something we then try and promote as well, put it on our website. Again, when we're trying to win work, we try and let clients know that we've done this because the competition is very much geared to talking to our clients directly. So the three judges go and actually interview six of your clients where you've done a move and and they they interview them for 20 minutes so it's quite an in-depth questionnaire on your performance and a lot of it is around sort of service excellence and and client service which is so important to us so it's wonderful it's wonderful if our clients say yes we've done a good job and i'm very proud of the team that they've managed to, to win it three times awesome stuff three times nigel shaw will be very jealous <laughs> yeah he likes to mention Sorry, he likes to mention that once or twice he's only won it once but you know they'll, they'll win it again they're a great company so his time will yeah. come again don't you worry <laughs> what challenges have you had to overcome um i can't really think of any to be honest I mean, I, th- I think the main challenge is to just, as I said, always move with what your clients need and try and s- look ahead and see, you know, where things are heading. So, you know, as you say, physical moving is going to drop off. So w- what's the next thing that we can help our clients with? We're always trying to add value and we're always trying to sort of support them. So that that's quite a challenge to always try and keep up. We always have to be able to adapt, broaden the scope of our services, make sure our staff are trained so that they can then deliver those services. But we enjoy that. And we're lucky because we're an SME. We're quite a small management team. We work very closely together across the business. So we can respond to that hopefully fairly quickly and, and try and be proactive in sort of seeing the next best thing that's going to be for the client and how we can help them with that. I think the other challenge really is just getting our message across in terms of what we do and how we do it and the, the value that we bring to a service. I think other professions have probably been more successful in kind of promoting themselves and, and showing how key and fundamental they are to to a project. And I think sometimes commercial movers suffer from that. Uh, so that that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I mean, w- when I joined from the legal profession, I was quite surprised really because I think what we do in commercial moving is very specialist requires a very high sort of skill set and it's time critical fundamental work that we do and I think sometimes we don't sell that enough and uh, that's the challenge that's the challenge is, is sort of getting out the value offering of what we do and how important it is if you could change anything from your past what would it be <laughs> oh again I don't I don't I don't think I can think of anything I enjoyed my time as a lawyer very much but I was ready to move on and I'm very happy with what I do now and, and sort of where the company is. So I can't really think of anything, Colin, to be honest, off the top of my head. What is your high point of being in the industry so far? I think that would be when we won Commercial Mover of the Year for the first time, which was back in 2015. 
So we had been a finalist twice before, but we'd never won it. And in 2015, conference was in Belfast. And my parents are from Belfast. So it was... What a place to win it. So it was just wonderful to sort of pick up the award in recognition of their business and all the work they had done in sort of, you know, where they had come from. So that was very special. That was very special for me. What one thing would you change within the moving industry? I think following on from what I was talking about, really, I think we undersell ourselves as an industry. I think sometimes... Yeah, I think there can be a a bit of a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. And I think it's a real shame because, as I said, when when I moved from the legal world, I was quite surprised at how we didn't really kind of value ourselves in terms of our pricing. And, you know, the challenges in winning work were quite often companies were going for the sort of the cheaper option and and not sort of seeing the value in that. It's frustrating because I, I think in other elements of a project, companies are quite clear about the value offering of, you know, a fit out and other things that go into an office building. And yet, for whatever reason, people didn't appreciate the sort of the value that that we deliver. So, I mean, my time at CMG, um, what we try and do at Universal is very much about trying to sell that. I think the quality accreditations is one aspect to try and show the difference. But yeah, I think that would be one thing that, that I would change is that, you know, as an industry, we need to raise our profile and we need to sell much better what we do and how specialist we are and the professionalism that we bring so that we could, you know, margins are quite small on commercial removals. And I and I look at sort of other streams of services that go into these office buildings. And I think, well, actually, we should see the value offering and we should make sure that we're having that recognized for the work that we do and how we manage the risk for our clients in, in our delivery. So that would be one thing. That would be one thing. I said not to undersell ourselves and raise our profile as to what we do and the professionalism that we bring. Do the accreditations that you have allow you to increase your prices? I would hope that when clients are assessing us and they see that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily be the cheapest option, what we do try and explain is, well, you know, we don't want to be the cheapest option because, you know, you can't be the cheapest option and be offering the training and the support that you do to Mm. your workforce. We've always had a regular full-time employed workforce. We've never had a transient workforce. So even in quieter times when, you know, we're not 100% busy. We've always been committed to having a full-time workforce. And that's why there are many members of our team that have been with us for decades. You know, our most senior chaps have been with the organization for a long time. And, you know, our people stay and they develop a career within removals, which is sometimes seen as a little bit of a kind of a transient short-term sort of option for a career. And we've never wanted that. So we've always committed to that. And we've always committed to the best delivery. And I think we offer amazing value for money. And I think hopefully the accreditations is one way of trying to explain to clients that ultimately, although we might be a bit more expensive on paper, we save them money in the long term because we're always there to support them and collaborate with them and give them the best solution. And ultimately, it saves them money and avoids risk. So, yeah, I think the accreditations are a good way of, of supporting that argument with them. It also shows that you've got an investment. You've invested into the accreditations. Absolutely. Therefore, all the training that comes along with it. and yeah, Absolutely. And even in, in tougher times, it would never be something that I would compromise on. Because as you say, behind that certificate is a lot of work that the QSS auditors come in and assess every aspect of yeah. our business from the way we run a file and a job to yeah. how we train our people, to how we collaborate with our team, to how we communicate with our staff, how we get feedback from the clients. I mean, there's so many elements to the QSS audit to get that accreditation it's extremely thorough and so yeah it, it is it is a commitment a financial commitment and a time commitment as well but it's definitely worth it and it's something we just need to sell to our clients more and explain the value of it 
What advice would you give to yourself just starting out within the industry? I would just say just be confident. Um, know there are great opportunities to do lots of exciting and varied projects. I would say, you know, get involved with Bar. I'm I'm very excited that uh, the Young Movers Group has really sort of taken off at Bar over the last few years, which is very positive for younger people in the industry to network with others, learn from each other, talk to each other about how they're getting on. And then I would just say take up opportunities for any training and development that are offered to you within your company and at appraisal if you're not being offered those be confident about asking what they are. I mean, I think Bar has worked hard to develop training options to create more clear development paths for people within the removals industry. I mean, if I look at the senior management in my team, it's a mix of people. So Nigel, who is our operations manager, has been with the organization since he was 16, and he's now the most senior manager in the organization. And we just brought him up and encouraged him and trained him through. But at that time, there was no sort of Define training path offered from organizations like, and there are now. So I think, you know, as a young person, you know, always try and embrace those opportunities, ask for those as development opportunities with whoever's doing your appraisal and whoever's managing you to make sure you're always progressing, you know, and get engaged and, and get involved in bar and go along to the conferences, go along to the events. I think, again, there was this perception that they were only for very senior, older people to go to. And actually, now with the Young Movers Group, Uh, There are so many initiatives going on, which is very exciting. So get involved in the industry, because, again, that's a way of us all trying to push forward the industry as a whole and selling it. And the more of us that get involved and volunteer, then hopefully sort of the more sort of public we can become and and sort of raising the profile of us as an organization, as an industry as a whole. Absolutely agree. The bar conferences are just superb. Anybody's never been to a bar conference, go. Yeah, people are so friendly, so welcoming. I always have great times there. I've made lots of friends at CMG and in Bar, and it's it's a great opportunity to meet new people and to talk to other companies about their experiences and what they're going through and collaborating. So I would say do get involved. Don't feel like you have to be a senior manager or a director before you can get involved in that. Join in and, and get involved. Where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? So I think we'll still be doing what we're doing. Will hopefully be a bit bigger. I'd I quite like to. I'd like to grow the team. We took on sort of first apprentices last year, just before the pandemic started, and we're still seeing that through. And I would love, you know, when sort of work levels return back to normal, hopefully, and grow. I would like to bring new new staff into the business to constantly be bringing on more junior members of the team, and just in, you know increasing and expanding the scope of what we do. So as I mentioned before, just kind of moving with what our clients need and moving potentially into new add-on services. So constantly keeping our company in line with what our clients want. And I think now companies always have to be looking to develop and to grow. You know, I remember going to a conference a few years ago and somebody saying, you know, companies are the future. You know, you've either got to diversify, grow, or you're going to go bust. So (laughs) we're always on the eye to diversify if we think it's what our clients need and to, to grow as a business and not shrink. So that's the plan. That's the plan. But Whatever we do, we're always led by what our clients need. That Our first commitment is to our client service and, and everything else is driven by that. What do you do outside the industry to switch off then, Sarah? Hmm. Spend time with my family. As I mentioned, I've got two great children and we love spending time together. My husband, who is also in the business. So my husband worked for BT. He was a corporate governance manager. And like myself, after spending quite a long time in the city, decided to make a change. And he came and joined the business as business development manager, which is great. So like my parents did, we work alongside and uh, 
that works very well. But in our spare time, we like to go out, hopefully listen to some music, go to some concerts whenever we're allowed to do that again. Oh, I can't wait to go back to concerts. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. We've got we've got about six lined up that were cancelled from last year. So we, you know, we're suddenly going to be sort of going to something every yes. week, I think. But very, um, very similar. But yeah, looking forward to that. Similar. Looking forward to going out and eating in nice restaurants, seeing friends again, just spending time with friends and family. That's what we're all looking forward to. And even more so when on a day like today the sun is shining. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. Feeling like spring, hopefully. And finally. I like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? Yeah, so thinking about this, what I would say generally is that working in the removals industry, there's a there's a great sense of humor amongst people. So I've had lots of fun. I've had lots of fun at conferences and on council and with my team. It's a, I think it's a great industry. It's great fun. I think probably my favorite would be when my, my dad was in the early days of my dad's company setting up Universal. And he did very well at winning some great contracts, one of which was at Downing Street. Wow. And one day himself and uh, a small team were asked to move some furniture in Mrs. Thatcher's personal flat within 10 Downing Street. So they were busy working away and Mrs. Thatcher walked in and uh, they were quite shocked by this. But she was a very hands-on person and she started actually sort of chatting to the team and was very friendly and nice. And then started kind of moving things around. So sort of nudging sofas around and moving chairs around and sort of becoming part of the team. (laughs) And one of our great foremen of the time, Johnny Burke, who was a real trade unionist, he was a trade union man through and through. And uh, when Mrs. Thatcher started moving the furniture, he said, excuse me, do you have your union card? (laughs) (laughs) Which which she she then put her sort of face in her hands and sort of had a good chuckle. She had a great sense of humor (laughs) and she really appreciated that. And after that day, we received a sort of a handwritten letter from her office thanking my dad and his team for the excellent work they had done. So that's one of my my favorite stories. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's always nice when it's you're moving somebody famous. And it's a bit, it's a bit like Ian Studd, bless him, who who, who met Princess Diana. I know, I I, yeah, it's a lovely story. Smitten, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Sarah. Many, many thanks for giving up your time today. I truly appreciate you being a guest on Moving Matters. Oh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Colin. Nice to talk. Thank you very much. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 20 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Sarah Cole of Universal Commercial Relocation for giving up her time to record this episode. Thank you again, Sarah. If you would like to know more about Universal Commercial Relocation and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Since recording this podcast episode, it gives me great pleasure to congratulate Nigel, Carol and the entire team at Specialised Movers for winning the BAR Commercial Mover of the Year 2021. Well done to everyone involved on another great achievement. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving. <laughs>